On top of the fact that we attach our stuff to our experiences, we also attach our stuff to people. Just like we, you know, accidentally connected to those experiences, we can also give more meaning to our items by attaching them to a person. For example, I still struggle, still struggle with letting go of items that belong to my grandmother. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. I am kicking off today's episode with another one of those reviews that you guys have left. Thank you so much for these. Uh, Taking the time to leave a review absolutely makes my day. So if you are someone who is a longtime listener and you haven't left a review yet, I would appreciate it so much from the bottom of my heart if you would. Uh, not only because I love reading them, but because I love sharing them back with you guys. So today's review comes from Lindsay Mom 19 and she says, a friend at a needed time. Renee, just want to say thank you. I found the Unstuffed podcast a few months ago while driving my toddler around hoping he'd fall asleep for nap time so I could quickly get back to work. As a mom who works full-time from home and also has a little one at home and a marriage to maintain, I'm often lonely and burnt out. I usually listen to this podcast when I'm feeling low and your episodes always leave me feeling more in control and positive. I'm finding a lot of your advice not only helps with creating a more simplified life, but also helps me to combat overwhelming and racing thoughts. I usually think I'm the only one thinking or feeling certain things. And when I come to your show, you often talk about the topics most consistently on my mind. I love your authenticity and just want to say thank you for sharing. Lindsay, you absolutely made my day as someone who has been that mom cruising around the block and nothing is worse when you're almost like two minutes from home and that's when they fall asleep and you're like... Do I leave them in the car? Do we keep going? What do I do? Because you so badly want those moments of peace as a mom. So I'm so thankful that the podcast has resonated with you. It makes me so happy to hear. um, And I appreciate you so much. And hopefully today's topic um, can help you in some of those additional areas as well. So, you know, 
Most people know that the decluttering process isn't always easy. And I'm a big fan of just turning off your brain and tapping into joy like Marie Kondo suggests. For anyone who has attempted decluttering often or ever before knows that there can be a lot of fear and resistance tagged on and we're not really sure why. So we maybe want to do it the Marie Kondo way. We maybe want to just be like, no, this doesn't feel right. No, but we maybe grab something and we go, this doesn't really bring me joy, but... Ooh, this doesn't really make me happy, but right. <laughs> That's something that we all do. And the crazy truth is that letting go of our things can quite literally be a grieving process among other things. Not because we're people who are just like so obsessed with our material items, but because we've accidentally given our stuff meaning beyond just being stuff, which is what it is. So I wanted to put together some ideas for you guys today on how to spot these misalignments when they pop up and how you can course correct in a way that feels freeing and not frightening. Now, if you are feeling the weight of being bogged down by your stuff, or even the time and energy it takes to maintain your stuff or your lifestyle, or even just when you like feel like you spend so much time thinking about all you have to maintain. I know that is something that I am a victim of. Should I say that? Where I will sit around and think, oh my God, I have so much to do. 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 I can't believe I have to do it. And I'm never going to get it all done. And It can feel so overwhelming just falling into those times of defeat where all we can do is think about our to-do list piling up, right? Well, if this sounds familiar to you, I have an amazing tool at your disposal, but I have an amazing tool that is designed to help you completely transform your life outside and in through minimalism. So if you haven't heard yet, it's called the Minimalist Lifestyle Guide. Beyond giving you simple start strategies for dealing with clutter, it will help you better understand how to simplify every area of your life, including your schedule and your finances and beyond. So if you're tired of feeling like your entire life is an uphill battle, check out the Minimalist Lifestyle Guide. It's available in my No Stuff shop linked in the show notes um, and see if you think this would be some tool that would be beneficial to help you kind of lighten your load. Now, let's talk about how we give our stuff way more credit than it deserves. One way that we get our wires crossed when it comes to our stuff is by attaching our stuff to major events or experiences in our lives. You know, maybe we keep the wedding dress, the outfit that our kids wore home from the hospital, or even the roses from our first date, even if they're crumbling everywhere. (laughs) You know, it's almost as if we hope to prolong and preserve these precious moments so that maybe, just maybe, they won't slip away from us. And I totally get this. You know, when it comes to attempting to declutter these things, we give pause because it can almost feel like if we were to declutter this thing, or even if we think about decluttering this thing, we have to acknowledge that this moment is really gone. The wedding is over, right? The kids are grown up, um, or the memory, the experience itself has passed. 
Now, as someone who has Alzheimer's running in both sides of my family, my, my grandma on my dad's side had it and my grandpa on my mom's side had Alzheimer's, you know, I used to fear Alzheimer's itself. I really used that fear as an excuse to hang on to things for an extra long time because I was terrified of forgetting or not remembering significant events in my life. Um, and what I not only realized is that that's a fear-based mindset. I was making my decisions of what to keep based on fear. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to make my decisions based on fear. And I definitely don't want to spend so much time to clinging to the past that I fully forget to be present in the now. But on top of that, as I'm saying this, as I'm thinking about it, I so badly wanted to cling to all of my memories that like I kept stupid amounts of stuff. When I first met Tom, I had this box that my friend made. So it was a cardboard box that she had wrapped in like white paper. So it was wrapped in like, you know, one of those big sheets of paper that you could get like back in high school or whatever. You'd tear them off of the big paper rolls. Does anybody remember that? So she took that white paper and wrapped the box and then decorated the box with like my name. I think it said Nainers on there because she called me Nainers. Um, it had stars. It was blue, pink, yellow. I remember it sort of. So I kept this box and then I filled it with tiny little mementos of memories. And when I first met Tom, who was basically already a minimalist when I met him, I like wanted to convince him that this box was actually really awesome and he needed to care about it as much as I did. So I took it out and I was like taking him through and like walking him through stuff. And I found myself picking stuff up and like I would have like a straw or like a pipe cleaner in there. And I would go from being like, oh, this is from this, this is from this time. And then I would get to certain things and be like, I, I don't even know what this is from. Because I was trying to hang on to so much stuff, it was almost like the things that really mattered, the experiences that were really important to me kind of lost their importance because I was hanging on to everything, anything that made me laugh, anything that made me smile, I would keep. And I did the same thing with my shopping addiction, right? Anything that would make me smile, I would buy, which made this, you know, the stuff that I really liked kind of less significant because I was filling up my space with just random stuff. But that's a topic for another day. On top of the fact that we attach our stuff to our experiences, we also attach our stuff to people. Just like we, you know, accidentally connected to those experiences, we can also give more meaning to our items by attaching them to a person. For example, I still struggle, still struggle with letting go of items that belong to my grandmother. Ultimately, I know I would be okay if I lost these things. Like if, if my whole house burned down, I truly feel like I'm at a place where I'm like, I would be really okay other than like having to uncover like difficult documents to like re-get our birth certificates and stuff. That sounds like a pain. Otherwise I'm like, whatever. I, my whole house could burn down and I'd be okay. But letting go of my grandmother's stuff, making that choice is not something I want to do. You know, I, it still fills me up. I've gotten rid of some of it, but there's a lot of it that I still struggle to. By keeping these things close to me, I feel as if I'm keeping a part of her with me 
even though she's left this earth. And if you have lost someone you love, I know you relate to this on some level. This part of decluttering stuff can be very real, a very, very real, true grieving process, as it can very much feel as if we are losing that person all over again. And if this is something that you struggle with, here's one thing that has helped to remind me that it's okay to let go of this item. Our stuff isn't our lost loved one. Their life, their soul was way, way, way bigger than any man-made item could ever be. Pictures are not them. Items they made aren't them. Their favorite things don't have to be our favorite things. This was something I profoundly had to realize and say to myself over and over again when I would feel guilt around letting go of, of course, my grandmother's things. I don't remember struggling with even my dad, which sounds so unfortunate. And I I don't really know why that is, but for some reason, my grandmother's stuff is a struggle for me. Now, while I very much believe that hanging on to a few items of a lost loved one can be incredibly healing, I also believe slowly detaching from these items can be very therapeutic and freeing. And I'm not here to cast judgment. You know, I've got my mother-in-law talks about how she loves having her mom's couch in her living room. She removed her couches and put in her mom's couches because I think she probably feels like she remembers sitting on those couches with her mom, right? Um, But you know, where it would become a problem was if she took her mom's couch and stored it in her garage or in another room in her house. And it started to take up this space and it started to become um, more of a burden rather than a thing of healing. So this doesn't ever mean that you have to rush the process or give yourself a deadline. Definitely not. It just means that if you find yourself clinging to items or an item for no other reason than the fact that it belonged to someone of significance, it's okay to let it go. You know, um, I shared on TikTok a while ago about my grandma's teapot. I don't ever remember her using, it's like a teapot teacup combo. It's really cute. That's why I kept it. So I was like, this is actually really cute. So it doesn't hold any significance to her. I just think it's so cool. I wish I could show you. It's like a, it's like a big giant round teacup on the bottom. Think like those friends coffee mugs, right? And then like, you can almost put like a lid on top. It's almost like a little lid on top, but it's like a teapot. The teapot goes right on top of the cup and it just looks like one whole piece, but it's two pieces. Um, it's so, so cute. But I was like, you know, I never use this. It just kind of sits here and I was ready to get rid of it. Ultimately I kept it. So that was probably not the best story to tell. Uh, and my daughter has brought me tea in it, but ultimately I'm like those big giant teacups, they cool the tea off too quick. It's not, not functional. I'd rather have my, my Ember coffee mug that I always use that keeps my tea hot. Um, but being willing to let go of those things, you know, like that or similar items that we're not using that we don't really want to use and that we're just kind of keeping for no other reason other than the fact that it belongs to someone we care about. Another thing is, you know, we attach who we used to be to our stuff. And this is a big one. If you haven't lost somebody, maybe you don't struggle with that particular thing, uh, you know, or if you don't really have any significant experiences in life, you know, maybe you haven't gotten married yet. Maybe you don't have kids yet. Maybe, you know, you're 
you just don't have anything you're really clinging to. A lot of us still, without realizing it, will cling to who we used to be through our stuff. Um, you know, perhaps it's a business person who can't seem to let go of all their office attire, even though they've been retired for 10 years. Or maybe a mom of four who regretfully stares at her two small jeans and bikinis, dreaming of those days gone by. Now, if this is something you struggle with, I highly recommend tuning into next week's episode um, where I talk to Jen from Everyday Style. We have such an amazing conversation about um, clothes and letting go, the whole letting go process when it comes to our closet. It's, it's a huge, awesome episode. I highly recommend it. Now, as crazy as it might sound, clinging to our old identities is another way of keeping us grounded in the past. It's amazing to grow, shift, and change in life. It's what we came here to do. You know, you can still look back fondly on the time in your life that you used to have, who you used to be, without desperately trying to cling to the impossible. And, you know, I took this took this topic to TikTok one day because I take all of my random thoughts to TikTok. But where I was thinking, you know, we cling to those pants, like the size two pants or the size six pants or whatever, the smaller size is so often what we do, right? Or maybe it's like I said, the bikinis that we can't fit into or that we don't want to wear. They don't make us comfortable anymore. Um, I don't know what this would be for men. Maybe your old football jersey or something. <laughs> I don't know how we're all trying to live up our glory days, right? But I want you to think back on like the person you were. Like if I were to say the example of like, if I was trying to cling to my, my pre-kid self was like my 20 year old self. If I was trying to still cling to her, ew, gross. Like I love her. I love 20 year old me, but man, that girl was such a people pleaser. Oh my gosh. She was so concerned about her body and her size. That girl barely ate so that she could fit into those size twos. That sucked for her. You know, that girl didn't know where she was going. She didn't have any direction. She was really lacking self-confidence. Why would I cling to her pants? I don't ever want to fit into those pants again. Do you know what I mean? Really remembering and recognizing the person that you were when you owned those clothes, when you wore those jeans, when you fit into that thing, when you squeezed into the cheerleader uniform or whatever it might be. While you might love and respect that person and who you were way back then, I really doubt you want to go back and be that person because the you you are now is so much smarter, so much stronger, so much more knowledgeable. And I guarantee you are a better, stronger version of you than you used to be. And if you don't feel that today, then I really bet you're in the process of building it. You know, I feel like those low times in life always come just before like the biggest burst of self-growth. So if you ever realized that one thing most of us do is spend time either focusing in the past like this or focusing on a really freaking awful future. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Most of us aren't spending our times thinking about the future and like, ooh, I wonder what amazing, wonderful things I could do with my life. Uh, no, we're either rooted on our past or we're desperately fearful of what lies ahead. Really let that sink in. 
We play out all of these awful scenarios for tomorrow far more than we bask in the dreamlike wonder of potential goodness that might be awaiting. This took forever for me to kick, and it's still, of course, sometimes still creeps back in. I'm not like superhuman, right? But I used to spend a good majority of my days being so fearful of tomorrow's. If our car broke down, I would tell myself, oh no, two more bad things are going to happen. You know, bad things come in threes. Now, if a slight mishap happens, for the most part, I've gotten really good at just letting that single accident be exactly that, its own individual thing without planning for another fallout. Living that way, you know, living, if I were to tell myself, like, just stop planning for, you know, another bad thing. How do you know another bad thing's going to come? Maybe it won't. I would have thought that was an ignorant, irresponsible way to live. Like, oh, poor, naive little girl doesn't know that bad things always happen in threes, right? Like it's like I was living in a child's fantasy world. But you know what? The more I let go of that mindset that something bad is coming, something bad is coming, something bad is coming, more bad things stopped happening. Now, I don't know if they just stopped happening or if I just don't perceive them as bad things anymore because I don't really give that my energy. Um, But it kind of feels like both. Like I really feel like life used to be a way bigger shit show than it used to be. Like life used to be a bigger shit show than it is now. Um, And my mindset and the way I thought about my future definitely has so much to do with it. When we get good at detaching from who we used to be and stop fearing what potentially awaits us, we give ourselves permission to fully live here in the now. And let's talk about a second for, you know, how this grief decluttering process can really break down and be a therapeutic, helpful way for us to be here in the now and kind of make way for that clearer, brighter future. To the best of my ability, I want to give you some practical advice for how to begin doing this, how to begin going through a grief decluttering process. So this is going to look different for everyone, of course. And remember, don't feel the need to rush the process or, you know, a fake obligation to someone else's timeline for how this needs to be done or how it needs to look. This is all you, and this is for you. The first thing I want you to do is get really clear on the high vibe vision that you have for your future. Stop fear mongering, you know, and start just focusing on God, what would be great? When you learn to get good at focusing on a better vision for tomorrow, it makes it so much easier to let go of belongings from yesterday. You know, in a way, I think that this is both physically and metaphorically giving us momentum to rocket launch into that future utopia that we, we, we so badly want to get to. And I think of it like the scene in Pirates of the Caribbean, right? If you haven't seen it, there's this scene where the pirates, they want to like, they're in like a chase, they're sailing the Black Pearl, and they start chucking any non-essentials overboard, like cannons and powder kegs, and they they toss some comical stuff too, I'm sure. I can't quite remember, but they start throwing all of this stuff overboard in order to speed up their momentum so that they can go faster. And this is how I think about the decluttering process getting rid of dead weight 
to help you speed toward where you want to actually go. Because you're never going to be able to go backwards. None of us are going backwards unless they figure out time travel, right? (laughs) I, you know, but I even encourage you to like, maybe think of it that way as like a hero's journey. If you have this desire for a different future, really use that momentum. There have been times in my life when I'm feeling down or when I'm struggling where I legit turn on the Pirates of the Caribbean music. Not necessarily while I'm decluttering, but I highly recommend you give that a try because I bet you it would really psych you up and make you feel like this badass heroic person that that you really are. There is so much power to like a good theme song. I think of it like, what's it called? Not a theme song, you know, like the Rocky montage, those montages, right? When we turn on montage music, it makes it so much easier to just power through and start chucking stuff because we know that on the other end of that montage is like the hero's journey. Like we're going to be tougher. We're going to be stronger. We're going to be more prepared for the fight on the other end. Second, start with the stuff that you want to let go of because there's a good chance that you have stuff that you have been ready to part with for some time, but have been second guessing. You know, you have those thoughts pop up pop up in your mind. Like I was saying with the Marie Kondo spark joy, where you're like, this doesn't spark joy, but right. A lot of times we have thoughts pop up. Like what if the person who gave this to me sees it at the donation center? Or what if they come over and they see that it's gone? If my aunt comes over and sees my great grandma's lamp is missing, she's going to stick the whole family on me. Everyone's going to hate me. No one's going to talk to me at Christmas, you know, that kind of thing. By the way, if that's your family, um, good riddance, right? If that's their, their biggest issue. Find bigger problems, family, right? Or, you know, what if I lose 50 pounds and then I'm mad at myself for getting rid of these two small jeans from high school? You know, and if that's the case, um, again, listen to next week's episode because Jen gives some really good advice on, you know, if you're a, if you if your weight fluctuates a lot, how to kind of hang on to pants in a way that isn't weighing you down or making you feel overwhelmed. But I want you to recognize these types of thoughts as those fear-based decisions, because I doubt you want to guide your life through fear. I know I didn't. You can go ahead and trust your inner instinct to be a part of these items. And the the more you can trust that inner voice of intuition, the stronger it becomes. It's so scary to trust it at first because we so badly want to think with our rational brain or our fear-based mindset. But I promise you, the more you allow your gut intuition to lead you, to guide you, uh, it gets stronger and easier to spot. Now, this is going to sound super corny. My last one is going to sound really cheesy, but I need you to bear with me. It's okay to say your goodbyes if it's necessary. Sometimes when letting go of sentimental items, whether they're things from our past or are something we've attached to a person who is maybe gone, taking the time to say goodbye to that thing can be really healing because we almost get this chance to say goodbye to them and to say goodbye to our guilt that we have, you know, or our regrets that we're hanging on to. So seriously, go ahead and cry. Remember, you know, we know, I know you're not crying about an item. You are crying about something you probably needed to cry about. 
There's one thing I always tell my kids when they don't want to talk about their pain or they don't want to let their tears fall. I remind them that if we don't let our emotions out, they stay stuck inside. They don't just go away. We might not want to feel sadness, grief, or ickiness that comes with hard emotions. None of us really want to feel that. But either way, those emotions are existing. They are existing somewhere, and you might as well free them from your body. Now, most people I know don't seem to understand why I am a weirdly huge fan of feeling my negative emotions. But it is simply for the reason that the more I let go of them, the more free and happy I find myself being. Even like right now, I sound so hokey and crazy, but I'm just going to run with it. I have been having migraines and they've been kind of, kind of consistent for the last few months. And I've tried to ask my intuition. I'm like, why am I having these migraines? Like, just give it to me straight. Because there's no consistent food pattern I can see. There's, there's no really solid answer that I can come up with. But the last two days I've had migraines. The last two days I've had migraines and it just occurred to me today, two days ago. So two days before the migraines started, I should say. I was texting my best friend, telling her how scared I was of these things, that my abandonment issues, my fears of, you know, people around me dying were really creeping up. And today I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. I've got a lot of pent up emotions that I'm not letting go of because the last time I really struggled with migraines, I was going through these same types of feelings, these same types of emotions. Um, And so After I'm done recording today's podcast episode, folks, (laughs) I'm going to dive deep into my journaling. I'm going to try to cry it out and just let myself feel because I truly believe that my body is telling me I have some pent up emotions that really need to be released. All right. Lastly, I want to really nail it home to make it clear why declutter grieving is really, really, really effective. Allowing yourself to grieve while decluttering is like an incredibly therapeutic thing to do because you're not just sniffling in a puddle of tears, feeling completely helpless, which sometimes you might have to feel that way, right? But you are actually able to physically take action while grieving. And then that feels incredibly empowering. I know this is why I personally go through major cleaning decluttering phases anytime I lose a loved one. In years previously, you know, I used to let my shopping addiction lead the way. I used to buy stuff. I, you know, that was me taking action. Like, well, I'll just fill my life up with new things since I've lost this other person, you know. But I found, you know, obviously that only made me feel more stressed and weighed down due to feeling broke, more debt, more cluttered. It didn't help. Learning to channel my grief through actively cleaning house and decluttering helped me feel empowered and in control without the fallout of doing damage to my bank account or my body. Because let's face it, beyond shopping addiction, we have a ton of harmful ways that we grieve and decluttering really isn't one of them. It's really not a harmful thing. And I kind of think that part of our brain that wants us to believe it is you know, is almost just kind of afraid of the potential freedom that we could find through letting go. So again, if, you know, you really love the idea of letting go more and more, um, 
definitely hang out on the podcast because everything that we talk about is usually centered around this stuff. You know, we get different guests um, from all ways of life, but everything can be so helpful in helping you simplify and let go and consider new ways of thinking. Um, If you want a direct game plan, head to the No Stuff shop. The link is in my bio um, and grab that minimalist lifestyle guide. Because like I said, it takes you beyond clutter to simplifying your schedule, to simplifying your whole life um, and learning how to create a base of simplicity underneath all of it. Hey again, thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed Podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love. Until next time.